I'm Michael Pauley, and this is Faith in Politics. On this broadcast, we range from the soul to the state as we cultivate those virtues and explore those principles that help us live well as faithful Catholics in this great land. Well, good day, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Our show, Faith and Politics, is a production of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. And if you'd like to learn more about the Catholic Conference, you can visit us online at sdcatholicconference.org. Again, that's sdcatholicconference.org. I thought I'd make that announcement at the beginning of the show, because usually if I wait till the end, uh, I'll forget. Uh, this is a special Black Hills edition of Faith and Politics, as both your host and our guest today, who I'll introduce momentarily, are broadcasting from Rapid City. We're having a gorgeous sunny day, the kind of day that reminds us that no matter how serious our political and cultural problems may be, uh, that God's creation is good and beautiful. He still sits on the throne, and we have many reasons to be joyful. Uh, if you're a regular listener, you know that we've been doing a series of shows that focus on issues that were before the South Dakota legislature in the 2023 legislative session, and which will most likely be on the radar again in 2024. And we did one show that focused on all the bills related to marijuana regulation, another episode that focused on obscenity legislation, and on today's shows, we're going to focus on all of the pro-life issues that were tackled by the legislature this year. And we have a guest who is exceedingly well-qualified to talk about this topic. We are joined today by Dale Barcher, who is the executive director of South Dakota Right to Life. Dale has led South Dakota Right to Life since 2019, but his political and public policy work goes back many years before that. Before coming to Right to Life, uh, he served as executive director of the South Dakota Family Heritage Alliance, and prior to that, worked for the South Dakota Family Policy Council. So when it comes to pro-life and pro-family issues in South Dakota politics, you will be hard-pressed to find a more knowledgeable operative than Dale Barcher. So I'm very glad he's taken time to join us today. Dale, welcome to the program. Thank you, Michael. It's an honor. Yeah. Dale, I think this is your second time as a guest on Faith and Politics. So as I like to say, that makes you a repeat offender. <laughs> and I'm confident that most of our listeners have heard of South Dakota Right to Life, but I suspect most aren't aware of the very venerable history of the organization that you lead. I'm guessing that South Dakota Right to Life may be one of the oldest grassroots uh, political advocacy organizations in the state of South Dakota that's still active today. Can you just share a little bit about the history of the group and maybe uh, explain to our listeners the main uh, components of your mission? Well, thank you, Michael, for asking. We are an affiliate of National Right to Life, which was founded in 1970 by a passionately pro-life council of Catholic bishops. South Dakota Right to Life was founded more than um, one year later in 1971. So today we are commemorating 52 years as we protect defenseless human life from conception and natural death. 
We are, as you stated, the state's largest and um, oldest grassroots pro-life organization. We work through legislation and education to protect innocent human life from such things as abortion, infanticide, assisted suicide, euthanasia, and other related issues. It's our goal to make abortion both illegal and unthinkable in the state of South Dakota. So to be very clear, we are pro-life for the whole life. We are a non-denominational and non-partisan organization. So we are a big tent of pro-life advocates from across the state. We're also a network of some 40 local community chapters across the state. We have a mailing list of nearly 17,000 pro-life families. These families have signed up to receive our quarterly publication called Life Facts, and many receive uh, our weekly email update from South Dakota Right to Life. And finally, we've shown up to celebrate, to celebrate and safeguard each one from the unborn to the elderly and every person in between. We're leaning in to bring joy to the desperate and hope to the endangered. We're reaching out to uh, take every opportunity to promote life, even in the face of adversity. And we're marching forth to give courage and compassion. And we've united, not simply to leave a sordid past behind, but to leap ahead into a splendid future here in the great state of South Dakota and beyond. So Michael, we'd be honored to have your listeners partner with us by simply going to SD, that's for South Dakota, sdrighttolife.org, as we're better and stronger together. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you, you actually stole a line from me there. I was going to, I was going to put a plug in for that website right away again at the beginning of our conversation. Cause I always forget when I wait to the end uh, But one thing you said, Dale, that I want to follow up on was what was the year of the founding again of South Dakota, right to life. South Dakota, right to life was founded in 1971. Yeah. And I think that that is such an important thing to reflect on for a moment, because I think many people in the pro-life movement think that this all began in 1973 with, with Roe versus Wade. And, and, but the fact of the matter is, is that your organization was founded a couple of years before Roe. Uh, and of course, the reason for that was because there were some states like California and New York, and sadly, uh, uh, even my home state where I grew up, the state of Alaska, which legalized uh, abortion in 1970. And so even before Roe v. Wade, this threat was already on the horizon, was it not? Yes, it was. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I want to spend some time talking about how the abortion issue played out in the 2023 session of the legislature. So when state lawmakers convened on January 10th of this year, it was the very first time they had gathered since the Supreme Court handed down its decision in the Dobbs case in June of 2022. Uh, and I think um, a lot of people were wondering if there would be any kind of official reaction from the legislature to the court's decision. And it turned out we didn't have to wait long. I think it was the second week of the legislative session that we did see uh, a resolution introduced on the Dobbs decision. Can you share a little bit about that with our listeners? Well, sure. We more than appreciated Senator Bolin of Canton, South Dakota, and Representative Deutsch of Florence, and also a board member of South Dakota Right to Life, for bringing what was Senate Concurrent Resolution 602. It was June 24th, Michael, of 2022, as we remember well, the day that the U.S. Supreme Court uh, righted a 
terrible wrong and return the decision of abortion back to the states where it rightly belongs. So, But we in the Right to Life movement, we fully understand that the end of road does not mean we won and we're done, but rather that our work must now turn the page and take on a new task of holding and supporting our South Dakota culture of life. So the work to change hearts and minds and support moms and babies and families only but continues. So Senate Concurrent Resolution 602, as you said, was um, was put forth about the second week of session. And on line nine of that resolution, it rightly states, and I quote, whereas from 1973 to 2022, this decision, Roe, allowed for the legal ending of the life of thousands of preborn people in the state, end quote. So, Michael, according to the South Dakota Department of Health and Human Services, that number of lives aborted is approximately 46,331. Shocking. 40, yes, 46,331 babies who will never experience life outside their mother's wombs in South Dakota alone. So today is a good and a right day for South Dakotans of every political persuasion to simply say thank you to the five Supreme Court justices who, after 49 years, had faithfully executed their duty of office in turning Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey back to the states. These five justices rightly recognize that the U.S. Constitution does not contain the right to an abortion. They demonstrated moral clarity and courage in this landmark decision of June 24th, 2022. It's a day that will forever be etched in my memory, and I hope your listeners as well. So South Dakota Right to Life, rightly supported SCR 602, and we are grateful that it passed the House on a vote of 62 to 7 and the Senate on a vote of 30 to 3. Wow, those are remarkable numbers, you know, especially when we consider how um, hostile, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, some of the media reaction was to the Dobbs decision to see it reaffirmed so resoundingly by huge majorities in our legislature was very encouraging. So, yeah. Well, uh, as you pointed out, Dale, it's been nearly a year since the Dobb decisions came down. And during that time, there's been a lot of discussion uh, among pro-life advocacy groups, uh, both at the national level and here in South Dakota, about the need to expand what we sometimes call the pro-life safety net. And obviously, we've always had uh, this mix of publicly funded and privately funded programs to help pregnant mothers who are facing challenging pregnancies. Um, but there was this widespread recognition after Dobbs came down that the demand for these services you know, could reasonably be expected to increase. And so states are experimenting uh, with a lot of different ideas. It's very encouraging. Uh, I'm constantly getting reports about all the different ideas that various states are pursuing. Uh, some have gone the route of wanting to have uh, public funding for pro-life pregnancy resource centers. Uh, others are trying to find ways to incentivize um, adoption by um, helping parents with some of the expenses associated with adoption. 
Um, here in South Dakota, we've seen some action uh, with the governor's office, Governor Nome, uh, p- uh, putting in an application to amend uh, our state's Medicaid program so that coverage for postpartum services, which is currently uh, capped at about 60, 60 days after birth, would be expanded to uh, 12 months. Um, so we're seeing a lot of really interesting ideas out there to try to uh, come to the aid of women who are facing very challenging pregnancy. Uh, But there was a specific initiative uh, that was discussed in the 2023 session uh, also uh, that came forth from the governor's office to amend our child support laws. And that was uh, Senate Bill 75. Can you tell a little bit about that to our listeners? Sure. Well, Senate Bill 75, actually, uh, Michael, as you know, was generated out of our governor's office, supported, as you mentioned, by our pro-life organizations. This bill dealt with uh, the highly sensitive issue of of pregnancy and childbirth expenses for unwed mothers as to whose responsibility it is to pay for these expenses and when. Each year, by July 1, the South Dakota Department of Health in the Office of Health and Statistics collects and publishes South Dakota's abortion statistics from the previous year. So you will find if you dig down into this very comprehensive report that one of the questions they seek to find an answer to is why. Why is the pregnant mother seeking to abort her her child, her baby? Well, if you look in the past five years, you'll find that the second highest reason given each year was that the mother could not afford the child. The mother could not afford the child. So we believe Senate Bill 75 was a step in the right direction as its passage meant in part that a pregnant unwed mother will know and be assured that the father of her child will be there to help with the expenses, not just at the birth of her baby, but before, during, and after her baby is born. So we believe SB 75 It's going to save babies' lives, assist mothers in need, and uh, so did an overwhelming number of legislators as it passed the House on a vote of 66 to 4 and in the Senate unanimously 35 to 0. Pro-life strong. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it... uh... One of the uh, the most unfair accusations we sometimes hear from uh, pro-abortion advocates is that pro-life people only care about the baby up until birth, and then after that, you know, forget it. And you know, we we've known, you know, for so many years that that is just an uncharitable uh, falsehood. But uh, we still hear it. But but nevertheless, um, you know, we're we're taking further actions here in South Dakota to show that we care about life from as we always like to say from womb to tomb. So, um, so let me dive into another issue here. There was a lot of speculation uh, in the aftermath of the Dobbs decision about whether the legislature would make any modifications uh, to what we refer to as our trigger law. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, the, the word trigger law has never been sort of intuitive to me because it always makes me think that we're talking about gun, some kind of gun legislation, but, but it's called the trigger law, as you well know, Dale, but our listeners may not because this law was passed in 2005 um, and, and there was a trigger clause in it, which meant that if that the, that the statute would go into effect, 
the the minute that Roe versus Wade was overturned. So that's where we get the word trigger from, because the the overturning of Roe uh, last year was the trigger that caused this 2005 law to go into effect. And that law, as uh, most of us are aware, uh, protects preborn children and their mothers from the violence of abortion. So um, there was a lot of speculation. Is the legislature going to amend this in any way? And thankfully, uh, that strong pro-life law was not weakened in any way during the 2023 session. But there was an important clarification made uh, specifically on the issue of how do you handle criminal penalties uh, if an unlawful abortion occurs? Um, can you explain the purpose of this bill and how it fared in the legislature? Sure. So we will be forever grateful for the legislature back in 2005 when they did pass the trigger law and then Governor uh, Michael Rounds signed it into law. So in South Dakota today, our law prohibits abortion except in cases when a mother's life is in danger. It clearly states, and I, and I quote, unless there is an inappropriate and reasonable medical judgment that performance of an abortion is necessary to preserve the life of a pregnant female, end quote. It also states that the person performing an unlawful induced abortion is guilty of a class six felony and uh, it's a penalty for up to two years in prison. That law went, went into effect, as you said, on June 24th of last year, the moment the Supreme Court sent down the decision that abortion is back to the states. Well, there was a problem. As our trigger law may have implied that a pregnant mother may also be charged for having the unlawful abortion. Thus, we, with the support of our Attorney General, Marty Jackley, created and supported House Bill 1220, an act to provide that a female subjected to an unlawful abortion may not be criminally held liable. In the House and the Senate committees, um, as you may remember, Michael, you were there and gave testimony. I distributed a letter signed by over 80 national pro-life organizations like National Right to Life, Americans United for Life, Susan B. Anthony List, uh, Pro-Life pro America, uh, also signed on to this letter are state affiliates of National Right to Life, such as South Dakota Right to Life. This letter made the case for why the tragedy of abortion is not limited to the unborn child who loses his or her life. The mother who aborts her child is also a victim. She's a victim of a callous industry created to take lives, an industry that claims to provide for women's health, but denies the reality that for far too many women suffer devastating physical and psychological damage following an abortion. HB 1220 simply clarified in our current abortion statute that we choose to love babies and we will protect their mothers from criminalization. The bill passed out of the house on a strong vote of 63 to seven, and the Senate on a vote of 33 to one, and our governor was very pleased to sign it into law. Wow, and that letter that you mentioned, Dale, um, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't point out that the um, uh, Archbishop uh, William Lorry, who was then the chairman of the Committee on Pro-Life Activities for the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, uh, he was also a signatory to that letter, which reflects, as you pointed out, Dale, the broad consensus in the pro-life movement that uh, when it comes to um, abortion, 
we we've it's always been the position of the pro-life movement that the penalties should be on the doctor on the on the people who are actually uh you know committing the actual act of abortion and that women i mean study after study after study we've looked at show that the vast majority of women uh who have abortions report that this is not what they want to do. They're often coerced. They often face economic pressures, like we uh, talked about in our, in the uh, in the other issue. Uh, and so uh, we 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 need to realize that abortion has two victims, and and to have uh, you know criminal penalties in there uh, does not help uh, the woman. And uh, and we also know uh, through experience that having those penalties on the providers uh, accomplishes what we want, which is the deterrent effect to make sure that the abortions are actually not happening. So, um, well, uh, you know, we've obviously made great progress in enacting these pro-life public policies in South Dakota, both uh, prior to the Dobbs decision and then in this most recent legislative session. Uh, but as uh, a lot of our listeners are well aware, the most significant battle on abortion in the near future is it's not going to happen in our legislature. It's not even going to be in our court system. It's going to happen in every community across this state as we see this truly alarming effort to gather signatures, which would put a pro-abortion amendment on the ballot in the 2024 election. We've, we've talked about this issue before in this program, but uh, with the stakes this high, I don't think there's such a thing as talking about it too much. So here's my question. Uh, what happens to South Dakota if this pro-abortion amendment were to pass? Well, Michael, you're right. As of today, pro-abortion groups are working in our state to amend South Dakota's constitution to legalize abortion all the way up to the point of birth. Abortion through nine months of pregnancy in our state constitution. We're, we're one of 12 states where pro-aborts are attempting to add Roe and worse to their state constitutions. All of these 12 states are red conservative states. So it's an all-out battle, really, for the soul of our country. This South Dakota constitutional amendment is confusing and vague. It would force... Uh, uh, it, it would force future decisions on abortion to be decided by unelected judges rather than by the people. This constitutional amendment is so extreme that it would also override our state's existing common sense bipartisan abortion policies. So existing common sense laws that would uh, be overridden by our constitutional amendment would include such things as prohibition on taxpayer-funded abortions, overridden, parental notification laws, respecting minors seeking abortion, overridden, criminal laws protecting a mother from being forced to have an abortion against her will, overridden, conscience protection so that doctors and nurses cannot be forced to provide or participate in performing abortions against their will, overridden. And Michael, the, the list of horrible consequences goes on and on. The bottom line is this, that this constitutional amendment is truly extreme and a grave threat to life in our great state. It's truly that extreme. It's not who we are. But circulators on their, uh, are, they're on the street right now. They're circulating their petitions to put this on the ballot in November of 2024. And if passed, it would amend our South Dakota constitution. That's big. 
That's really big to legalize yeah. abortion at all stages of pregnancy. Wow. Wow. Well, and as you pointed out, this proposed amendment is so extreme as to be mind boggling. Uh, it would give South Dakota the same kind of abortion law that uh, North Korea and China have uh, in terms of being able to have late term abortions. Uh, but when petition circulators are out there uh, hustling signatures for this effort, um, they're not exactly advertising it that way, are they? Uh, no, they're certainly not. In fact, we've seen circulators firsthand, many of them lie. They mislead. They don't tell the public the truth about the measure that they're circulating. We've actually got them on record asking our friends and family members, are you pro-life, pro-family, pro-choice? Then sign here. They're cloaking it in the verbiage of it's freedom of reproductive health. Uh, when there's nothing healthy about this procedure. Michael, this is dishonesty, dishon uh, uh, so dishonest and evil, it's why we must take our stand to oppose it. Uh, they need three 35,017 South Dakota registered voter signatures by May 7th of 2024. That's almost a year from now in order to get this on the ballot in 2024. So we've got our work cut out for us. Yeah. So um, we've got uh, a few minutes left uh, in our uh, the radio portion of our program here. So um, be before that ends, uh, Dale, can you give our listeners some concrete actions they can take right now uh, to help protect South Dakota from this extreme amendment? Well, I'm reminded of the words, Michael, of Dr. Mildred Jefferson, who rightly said, the fight for the life, the right to life is not the cause of a special few, but the cause of every man, woman, and child who cares not only about his or her own family, but the whole family of man. I cannot begin to tell you how many people have told me via email, text, phone conversations, and in person that they're praying for our effort to stop this petition drive effort. A young man once told me, prayer isn't all that we should do, but we should do nothing until we have prayed. Mm -hmm. But after we have prayed, then we're calling on volunteers to help inform the public about how truly radical and out of step this constitutional amendment is. So we've established a separate organization called the Life Defense Fund. And today we're up and going strong. So when petition circulators approach South Dakotans, and they will with their extreme deceptively worded abortion petition, we're simply saying, please decline to sign. So to volunteer, go to lifedefensefund.com and sign up. We'll give you all the information, all the material that you need. If we volunteer now, we can stop this constitutional amendment and prevent South Dakota from becoming a radical abortion up to the birth state. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Well, and one of the things, you know, we've observed, Dale, is, uh, you know, there were several states that had these um, kind of amendments on the ballot uh, last year. And one thing that we see is that the, uh, the pro-abortion side comes in and greatly uh, outspends uh, the pro-life side. And so, uh, that doesn't mean that uh, we can't win. We know we can win, but it is a kind of a sober reminder to us that the 
this is an industry we're talking about. We, we, we call it the abortion industry for a reason because they have deep, deep pockets. And so, uh, you know, I don't usually do this on the, the faith and politics show, but uh, I'm, I'm going to today to, to put in a plug that if you go to the lifedefensefund.com uh, site, uh, you will notice there's a place where you can sign up uh, to get on uh, their their list for updates and news, which you should certainly do. Uh, but there is also a place where you can make a donation and donations are badly needed because the education effort uh, to fight off this amendment um, starts right now. So uh, for those of us, uh, those of you listening to us on Real Presence Radio, uh, that's all the time we have for our broadcast today. But we're going to continue the conversation with Dale Barcher. Um, and you can get the whole unabridged podcast by visiting sdcatholicconference.org. Until next time, live well. All right. And for those who are uh, our podcast subscribers, uh, we're going to keep uh, moving along here in our discussions. So, uh, so Dale, we talked about... Um, Obviously, some of the issues that we uh, that were before the legislature in the 2023 session. Uh, looking forward to 2024, um, I want to ask you to pull out your crystal ball and uh, and tell us uh, what what issues you think may be coming down the pike uh, in 2024. Uh, aside from the obvious one of the abortion amendment that we discussed, but specifically about issues before the legislature, what do you think we may see in 2024? Well, South Dakota is certainly a strong pro-life state. In, in, in fact, uh, some will echo that we're the most pro-life state in the country. And that doesn't happen by accident, but because we've been, uh, well, we've been passionately devoted to protecting and promoting life in our great state. Elections have consequences. And when you elect great pro-life representatives, you get great pro-life focus. And in fact, it was um, the author, Walter Elliott, who once wisely said, perseverance is not a long race. It's many short races, one after another. So mm -hmm. since 1971, 50 years ago, South Dakota Right to Life has passed in our state legislature nearly 60 pro-life laws and resolutions. So in this upcoming 2024 legislative session, which will begin on Tuesday, January 9th, and will run for about 40 days, um, on the abortion legislation alone, of course, we, we don't talk about too much legislation until we, we get the piece in front of us. But there was some discussion in the 2023 legislative session just a few months ago about clarifying the life of the mother exemption and uh, what that means in law. But no bills were ever heard on the matter, but we're, uh, we're feeling pretty sure that it, they will become a matter in 2024. And so we'll take a look at, at uh, what they have to say about that. So South Dakota Right to Life will simply continue to work with our, with our pro-life stakeholders. That means like the Catholic Conference and others as we prepare to stand for life during this legislative session. You know well, Michael, is also a lobbyist for the Catholic Conference that the legislative uh, legislators have a um, have a saying. The lobbyists do at least uh, at the close of every legislative session. It goes like this: Happiness is pure in the rear view mirror. So there's some <laughs> truth. There's some truth to that because after 40 days, you're ready to go home and and to get on with your life. But I'll tell you. 
the work at the Capitol during the legislative session, um, I, I really think that's holy ground because it means a lot to every family, every man, woman, and child in the state of South Dakota. It is important work, and it's important that we stay in touch with our legislators and let them know exactly where we stand on values like life. Yeah. Dale, what was the the number of laws that you said had been passed on pro-life over the years? Yeah, since 1971, these are laws and or resolutions, nearly 60. I think the number is 57. Okay. Yeah, and I I I wasn't aware of the number, but that 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 sounds about right to me as when I actually go through the statute books and I just read, you know, page after page of all of these laws, uh, very hard fought battles uh, uh, to try to protect uh, the preborn children and their mothers and to kind of, you know, go back to what we were talking about earlier with the abortion amendment. When you thumb through the statute book and look at these, you know, nearly 60 laws that were passed over the course of a half a century, Almost every single one of them would be overturned completely or at least um, very, um, you know, badly eroded uh, in its in its effect if this abortion amendment were to be uh, passed to our Constitution. Um, and that's yeah. And that's just something that uh, I, 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 I know I sometimes sound a little repetitive, but one of the things that uh, I try to do when I'm educating people about this amendment is to remind them that this isn't just passing a, a, a statutory change through a ballot measure. This is the Constitution, which is to say that the our pro-life governor, as committed as she may be, cannot protect you from this amendment. Our legislature, pro-life as it may be, cannot protect you from this amendment, you know, because it's part of the Constitution. And so uh, this one, as I like to say, this one's on us. You know, the only way it gets passed is if a majority of voters approve it. And the only way that it gets stopped is if a majority of them will will do the right thing and vote no. And uh, so, uh, yeah, not to pontificate, but we have our work cut out for us, do we not? We certainly do. And Michael, I would really encourage all the listeners today, I would say to you that you have a sphere of influence. You can speak to your family and friends and acquaintances. You can speak to your parish, churches and consuls about distributing the life, the, the, the decline to sign flyers um, and the information on the Life Defense Fund here in the state of South Dakota. Let's each of us do something. Let's do our part to uh, fight this back and to stand for life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dale, uh, any uh, closing thoughts to share with our listeners before we close out our program today? Well, I, I think I think I would close with this thought. Um, when I was when I was a child, I attended a Catholic elementary school in Mitchell in Mitchell, South Dakota, Holy Family. And uh, I remember how one of my teachers would line us up. I was a third grader, would line us up in the hallway before recess, mid-morning, mid-afternoon, and would march us out of the school toward the playground as she encouraged us to uh, chant this line. Look forward, look forward, the best is yet to come. Look forward, look forward, the best is yet to come. Now, for a third grader, the best was recess on the playground. 
But for me as an adult, the best would be a state that cherishes life to to the ultimate, to the max. A state that sees abortion as not only illegal, but unthinkable. A state that believes to its very core in the sanctity of every human life from conception to natural death. That's South Dakota. That's the state I want to uh, continue to live in and raise my family in. Wow. Very well said, Dale. I, uh, I, I, all I can do is just say a loud amen to that. I, I think that uh, you've, you've spoken to the hearts of uh, almost everyone listening to this program in terms of what, what we want South Dakota to be. So um, uh, to uh, reiterate, uh, the lifedefensefund.com is the website to go to uh, if you want to sign up to help uh, defeat the uh, pro-abortion amendment. Uh, but also, uh, I want to point out that the South Dakota Catholic Conference has also developed uh, some resources specifically uh, to help you uh, educate uh your friends, your fellow church members um, on this amendment, and you can go to sdcatholicconference.org, uh, and you should see, uh, there, they'll be right there on the homepage, um, a little uh, slide about the pro-abortion amendment. You click on that, takes you to a page where you can uh, get some resources, including a, a simple one-page flyer that has been approved uh, by the bishops of South Dakota for distribution in our Catholic parishes. So there's a lot we can do, um, but and it needs to really start in our churches. Um, the worst thing that people can do, um, I'll just maybe end on this note, is, uh, you know, there's this assumption that well, I'm I'm Catholic, and so I'm sure everybody in my parish is going to vote the right way on that amendment. And you know, it it would be nice if the world was that simple. But as as you pointed out, Dale, when these signatures are being passed around, it's not like they're coming up and saying, "Would you like to sign this amendment that would legalize abortion through all nine months of pregnancy and require taxpayers to pay for it?" You know, that isn't the pitch. And just as it's not the pitch that they're making now to collect signatures. It isn't going to be the way that they advertise it if it gets placed on the ballot for a vote. Instead, it's going to be all about, oh, this is about um, giving us freedom from government interference in our healthcare decisions. Well, I like making my own healthcare decisions without interference from the government. So if you're not well read, if you haven't thought through the issues, then it's so easy to be seduced by this kind of rhetoric. So please by no means don't make any assumptions that your your friends your neighbors the people you go to church with are just going to automatically do the right thing on this uh, we need to educate people we need to get them the facts well michael i have had several phone calls from uh, south dakota friends who have called me to in, and they were just distraught they asking me dale uh, i by mistake i signed a petition in front of the courthouse or the library on the street corner. And I'm, I'm now finding out that it will allow for abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. How do I get my name off of the petition? And it's too late, friends. Mm. Oh my goodness. Well, there you go. That, as if we needed any more evidence that 
we need to get to work now. We don't want to wait until 2024 to start talking about this. The conversations need to start now. So, well, again, um, uh, we, we gave the website address for South Dakota Catholic Conference for Life Defense Fund. But once again, I want to put in a plug for South Dakota Right to Life. You can find them online at sdrighttolife.org. Dale, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Thank you, Michael. It's been my honor. All right. We'll be back soon with another podcast uh, focusing on uh, current issues in South Dakota politics. Uh, But until next time, live well.